0: Live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios, yes. this is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Pots, Pans, and Cat on the Clear Lake Radio. Uh, we are part of the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network, and thank you for joining us today. This is a show where nothing is off the table. You know, for me, growing up, food in the kitchen was... The heart of our home everything that was great happened with conversations with friends and with family around our kitchen table so thank you for pulling up a chair and joining me today around my table my name is pat mayberry i am your host and the executive chef at southern elegance catering and today i'm very excited to have with me chef laura trago uh, she is the executive chef and the Food and Beverage Manager at the award-winning Hotel Icon, an acclaimed autograph collection property with Marriott. Thanks for pulling up a chair, Chef Laura, and joining me on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: For our listeners who may not know anything about Hotel Icon, give us a little quick uh, thumbnail as to where is it located, Sure. what type of property is it, what makes it an award-winning autograph collection property.
1: Well, to be an autographed collection, part of the Marriott brand, is exactly like nothing else. And so you're not going to find our hotel anywhere else in the world. Uh, Our building is unique. In 1911, it was built as a bank, shut down for 25-some-odd years, uh, and reopened as a hotel icon. I'm sure there were a few other things in between, but reopened as the grand hotel icon. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the structure is um, still the structure that was there, built when the building first erected in 1911. So it's really awesome, um, historic, and that's kind of what autograph collection Marriott brands are about. Very cool. Um, We're in downtown Houston, uh, over by U of H downtown, Mm -hmm. 220 Main Street, downtown Houston. Lots of uh, luxury apartments and lofts and stuff around us. The courthouse right down the road, Minute Maid right down the road, U of H like I said, Buffalo Bayou probably two blocks beside us. Um, The old spaghetti warehouse that's now closed down is right Right. there on that corner with all the flooding, right there in the center of downtown Houston.
0: It has been fun to watch downtown Houston over the last 10, 15 years really become a destination point for the city again as we've seen the luxury condos and things like that happen. And, of course, Minute Maid moving back there from the dome uh, was a big help too Absolutely. and and toyota center and, and seeing our sports teams move back downtown so did you know that february was national hot breakfast month
1: not until you said it to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> breakfast is probably my favorite meal where does breakfast sit on on your life uh, well as a as
1: chef th- it's very important um and being a marriott brand their rewards programs bring in two 300 guests mm-hmm. a day through my breakfast. As myself personally, I don't eat breakfast. I don't know. A lot of chefs do or don't for whatever reason. We should, but we don't. It's very important, but I don't eat it. Right. Um, but in the hotel, it's one of the busiest points in the day. In the day? Yes, sir.
0: So help our listeners understand a little bit more about you. Is the Houston general area home for you originally, or are you transplanted in?
1: transplanted in, but not from very far, a little bit further south, Corpus Christi was my birthplace.
0: Great little city.
1: Yes, and then moved up through the years with Mm -hmm. my parents, um, Tidehaven, blessing area, and then into Hitchcock was where I graduated high school, Okay, and then now transplanted into Santa Fe where my husband (laughs) and my kids graduated high school. Well, one of my kids. I I love Santa
0: Fe. It's such a great little community out there. It is a great community. what are some of your earliest memories about food? Did you grow up around a lot of food? Oh yes.
1: Yes, like you said, you know, that's that's where our family grew, uh, immediate family and extended family and you know, other families we brought in. Um, I can remember my grandfather's house, my grandma's house. Um, just food everywhere. Mm-hmm. Women cooking, there were a lot of there's a lot of women in my family. I'm a sister um, one of four sisters. Um, my mom has a lot of sisters as well so food was everywhere Mm -hmm. at at any house she went to there was always something cooking and other than baking a little bit cookies or something like that with my mom I didn't didn't partake all all the aunts did all of that Mm -hmm. and uncles if they were barbecuing so food everywhere we always sat down to dinner together Um, and I did that as well with my immediate family when they were growing up not anymore there's just two of us now the boys are grown um, but food, they still come back. Oh, mom's cooking chicken and dumplings and they're coming back.
0: Yes. Yes. Those, those comfort recipes yes. that, that our grandparents made were and chicken and dumplings was something. My grandmother's Norwegian, so she made dumplings different than most people. She made a Norwegian dumpling, but Oh, it was so good. And no one in the family can recreate it.
1: See, I'm going to have to look into that. Now.
0: Yeah. We're, we, we've got the recipe, But there's something she didn't write down
1: absolutely absolutely (laughs) I still ask my mom "Mom, mama you wrote it down for me you're you're still alive and and breathing and so why am I not doing it I don't know what to tell you
0: I've got an aunt Nora that makes yeast rolls and she has made the rolls literally standing right beside Mm -hmm. me I have done it (laughs) and she has put stuff in the bowl and Mine turn out about half an inch shorter than hers do, when when they rise, and it's like I don't understand.
1: (laughs) Maybe it's time. I don't know what it is, but there's always it's always better at mom's house. Always, always, always.
0: So, what are some of those early memories? You mentioned chicken and dumplings. Um, When was it that you started going? I might want to do this when I grow up.
1: I didn't uh, when I was growing up. I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer, like my father's side of the family. All mm-hmm. of them are lawyers. Thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, it wasn't until I was waitressing and one of the restaurant managers, hey, I, was, I guess I was in between a double, gosh, this was 20 some odd years ago. I was in between a double shift, I believe, and the manager just said, we need some help on the line, do you mind? And I'm like, well, I don't know how to cook. And at this point in my life, I didn't know how to cook. I was probably about 21. Mm-hmm mother of one, Um, and I didn't, we just need your hands, we need your body, whatever happened happened, and fine, fine, I'll I'll do what I can, and I never left the line, loved it, took a huge pay cut, as we all know, you know, waitressing, you can make a lot, you you can make decent money at that age, absolutely, Um, but I loved it, and from there I said, I'm going to go to culinary school, I thought I was going to get in restaurant management, wasn't exactly sure that I wanted to be a chef at this point still, I didn't have any culinary school skills. Um, went ahead and looked into culinary school Thought that was my way to get in the back door Restaurant mm-hmm. management mm-hmm. Have the back of the house first Learn the front of the house And again never left Didn't go to the front of the house uh, Until later on in my career right. With food and beverage director roles um, Went to culinary school with Like you had mentioned Chef Leslie Bartosh who is amazing at Galveston Community College Loved it It was Dean's List 4.0 And it just came natural Right I don't know how But it came natural Maybe it was just in my blood from my parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, I guess.
0: What was the college experience like? I I know you started out at College of the Mainland. Yes. uh, There in Texas City. And then you went on to GC where you got your associate's degree. I know when I went to college the first time... It it was a hot mess. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely was. I I was 18 years old and all of a sudden found myself in Austin, Texas (laughs) with just way too much partying to be done. (laughs) Way too much freedom. Absolutely. And 18 was still the legal age uh, at that point. So I really was (laughs) footloose and fancy free in town. My first semester GPA was 1.7. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Fortunately... Uh, I had the good sense to realize this wasn't going to work, and, right. and ended up changing things and getting myself back. And when I came back to school the second time, uh, when I went through culinary school, uh, the second time I went through, I had a three point nine. So,
1: I see, that's <laughs> so, much better. That's so, much...
0: <laughs> so, so, different mindset. So, so I, grew, I grew up, but I truly found my passion at that point. What was your college experience like? So, Because um, you were probably working and attending class at the same time, probably. So
1: while, while at College of the Mainland, I was a very young mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my oldest son, Kyle, when I was 19, I believe. Mm-hmm. So the party and all that didn't happen. You know, I had to buckle down very early in my career, but I had no, not career, but college life, but I had no idea what I wanted to be. So I just needed to knock basics out and work until I could figure it out. Right never figured it out I stumbled right on top of it and it hit me in the head as I was falling Um, so I did some basics there and then transferred over to Galveston Community College that experience was amazing Uh, Chef Leslie Bartosh, as the director uh, was just a godsend you know directing my culinary career and path along with um, Cheryl Lewis, Chef Cheryl Lewis who was Mm -hmm. there at the time no Mm -hmm. longer there amazing, amazing role model I d- dove right into culinary school, not knowing if I would even like it or if I had any talent in it, but dove in headfirst. I knew I needed a career, at, mm-hmm. uh, you know. At this point, at this point, I was a mother to two, uh, and married to my husband, still am, of 20, 20 years. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Um, and they they saw something in me. Both chefs saw something in me, maybe that I didn't see in myself, and so pushed me. I remember at one point in um, my college career, I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to make the semester payment. And Chef Cheryl Lewis took her personal checkbook out and wrote me a check to cover the semester. Wow. My funds came in, so I didn't need to use it, but she saw something in me, Chef Leslie saw something in me that um, has turned into a wonderful flourishing career. Um, So that was amazing to have that kind of support, not just monetarily, but to see something just kept me driving to be better. Right to win, I guess, Right. Um, and I graduated I guess in a year and a half because I'd already had some college under my belt, so I got my associate's degree in applied science, culinary arts. It was just an amazing experience. Um, To see true leaders like them is what inspired me. I think I got more out of the lectures than I did the labs. Right. I learned more. Um, Just the history of what I was doing, where I was going was just, it was amazing to myself. I loved to sit in those lectures where other students would fall asleep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't even know if we had cell phones back then. I think we did, but you know, (laughs) I'm a little old, um, but I loved those lectures. you know, I longed for the next one because there was so much information that was given to me about my career path that I was heading down, um, was wonderful. So the college experience was great. I was pushed because again, I was a young mother, so I needed my career to, um, to flourish and with that school lim- behind me and those two chefs pushing me, there was there was no limit to what I could do.
0: Well, recently I had Chef Bartosh on the show back around Christmas time so that we could promote the program over at ACC, which is my alma mater, um, and talk about changes that are happening in the industry. And I know there have been, even in, in the 15 years that, that I have been in the industry now, sure. I've seen... Some huge swings yes. uh, in the industry is what's happening. Uh, sous vide was something that was very new, absolutely, uh, and we weren't even sure if it was going to be able to take off. Where it's become quite commonplace, yes, yes. Uh, now in things. So he sent me a note and wanted me to be sure and tell you hello today. So um, hi, chef. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most important lesson you think you learned and took away? From school. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll share mine with you before, so you've got a second to think on this okay. one. One day in class, Chef Bartay asked me, he said, Are you mature? Now, I'm in my mid 40s when I'm there, and I'm thinking to myself, You know, I've pre grown up, I've seen a lot, I've done a lot. It would be really an- easy for me to answer this question. Yes, but something told me to answer him, no, which I did, which brought the next question of why? And I said, because I am brand new to this and I don't even know what I don't know right. yet. And he said, the definition of mature means you've absorbed everything there is to know and there's nothing else for you to do. Right. Right. So I love this career because I will never be mature in this industry. So that was the lesson that I took, was that I will never be a mature chef. I may learn a lot. I may know a lot, but I will never know it all. No, learning every day. (laughs) So what was the thing that that you took away from school more than anything else?
1: Kind of a hard question. Um, I didn't have that. Aha moment with the chefs, but I saw how hard they worked to make us successful, Mm -hmm. and I said, if I can work that hard, I can be as successful as they are. Um, I can prove to them what they've been teaching us was all worth something. Right? If if your student makes it, then that's a great moment, I would think, for a director or a chef. And I think just the hard work and the dedication they had to their craft, to now my craft as well. Uh, was just amazing and awe inspiring. So that was probably what drove me to continue that hard work day after day after day and mm-hmm. keep striving. Right
0: now you've you're I've read your resume and you've had quite a few very prestigious properties that you've had the yes, the the opportunity to be a part of as well as a, a successful private chef uh, stint there in Galveston. Tell us a little bit about how you're culinary journey started and and that path that eventually brought you to Hotel Icon
1: it's actually a great story so I was interning right out of Galveston Community College where they placed me at the Hotel Derrick which when they placed me was not open yet it was still in remodeling phase from the Red Lion Um, I had met the chef and he had taken on a huge crew of interns not exactly I was way way green back then Um, one of my fellow um student one of the students that was with me in my culinary class went to the same internship so we stayed there together Um, this was a huge experience because a brand new hotel so you're going to be busy it's a shiny new penny the chef was amazing very intimidating big burly man but it was it was awesome to get in there finally I think we had to wait a couple of weeks till the kitchen was open Mm -hmm. Um, got in there and just head to the ground there were people falling off like fleas you know they just couldn't make the cut couldn't do it couldn't do it and I kept raising my hand um chef Leo would oh we're gonna do this so I'm gonna buy it from so-and-so and And I said well why are we gonna buy it and he'd look at me and he what do you mean why are we gonna buy it and so I can make it you can well this was sorbet Mm -hmm. you know anything about sorbet it's a lot of time in a freezer I stuck my foot right in my mouth and he let me do it Mm -hmm. and I paid the ultimate price for that (laughs) I froze but I did it so I kept doing this with Chef Leo, and testing the water, so to speak. Let me do. Let me do. Don't buy and save you so much money. I wasn't saving any money at Sorbet. What, five gallons for fifty bucks, whatever. Um, but I was proving myself. But just wanted to be seen, I guess. Right. Um, so I did my internship there. He kept me on. They kept me on full time. Um, I was then a, a you know a cook, banquet cook, line cook, um, Chef Leo. Not exactly sure what happened, but he never came back to work one day. Um, There were some personal things, I'm sure, some of which I know and some of which I don't. And uh, another amazing chef, Chef Diane, who was also instructor at Galveston Community College, Larson, Diane Larson, she was the sous chef, but she was on medical leave. So there was nothing left but a bunch of culinary students and line cooks. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. I was at the right place at the right time, and... All these vendors came in and just packing our freezers and coolers full of stuff because that's their motive, right? They, they're making money off of it. I went to the food and beverage director at the time and I said, well, look at all this. I've got, I've got 20 pounds of caviar in here. I wouldn't go through this in a year much. Right. What are we supposed to, and I, I opened my mouth, right? To the right person, I guess. And he said, um, okay, well, you know, do you think you could do a better job ordering? And I'm like, absolutely not, but I will. You know, I have no idea. He says, well, I'm gonna go talk to the general manager. This is, He agreed this is a bit ridiculous. Um, they came back to me, I don't know if it was the same day, two days later, or a week later, and they said, well, would you like to be interim executive chef for the Hotel Derek? What? This, this doesn't happen, not to an intern, right? Right. Um, again, right place, right time, and I opened my mouth. You know, I opened my mouth at the right times. So my ambition, I guess, was, was, was bigger than myself. And I said, absolutely. You think you can do it? Absolutely not, but I will. You know, I have no idea what I'm doing. So as an intern... make it till you make it. Right. (laughs) As an intern, I became interim executive chef for, at the time, one of the most booming hotels in Mm -hmm. Houston, Mm -hmm. the Hotel Derek. It was the brand new shiny penny. So we were slam busy and I had interns working for me now and line cooks and... I didn't speak much Spanish back then, so it was hard. And I had vendors, and I'd never made an order or a schedule before in my life. And but I did it. I don't know how I did it. I can't remember most ninety percent of those days because Mm -hmm. it was just that busy. I remember working basically around the clock. Um, At the at the time, Hotel Derek was independently owned, um, and basically had a permanent room up in the hotel because I just wouldn't leave. Uh, You know, things have to get done, and I have to be here. Right. I still do that to this day. Um, ju- I think putting in the work is just what I do. Um, so I was given that grand opportunity. Obviously, they weren't going to keep me as their executive chef. I was an intern, for gosh sake, um, But I hoped they would. But I, but but I knew they wouldn't. So with that at least partial title, um, they put me back down. Of course, you know I think, I'm sure I was bumped in in pay in some way, shape, or form. But they hired an executive chef and Chef Diane came back and there was no place for me in, on that level anymore. So I started to then look um, where I found, um, rest in peace, uh, Chef Roland Kuybert's at South Shore Harbor mm-hmm. and he took me on and gave me my first sous chef role. He was a hard chef to work for, amazing, amazing, but he was a hard chef to work for. Uh, two totally different styles, mine and his. Um, But he gave me a year's worth of the most amazing experience and knowledge I could have taken with me probably anywhere. That was an amazing experience working for him at South Shore Harbor. Again, another huge uh, resort-type hotel. Right. So lots of business flowing through there. And uh, Chef Roland was amazing. Uh, And I worked there for about a year. Then I went, and my timeline might be a little shaky. I believe at this point... um, I went to be personal chef, if I'm not mistaken. For a year, that was way too personal. If anybody knows me, I'm not a people person. That's why I'm in the back of the house. Um, but again, another great experience. She did a lot of catering. Um, the couple I, I chefed for mm-hmm. did a lot of catering, did a lot of church events, all this kind of, sh- they had lots of money. That's why they had a personal chef. So it was not, not a good experience with the catering side of it. Um, and then running a household. Right. I just It was just too personal for me and I missed which is odd, I'm not a people person, but I missed my people in the kitchen. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> Which I, I think is that.
1: different. Is different. Um, so Hotel Derrick, where chef Abhijit Junikar, Chef AJ, was executive chef there, was looking for a sous chef. I went, uh, interviewed, and he gave me my second role as sous chef. Again, an amazing, amazing talented chef. He's he now caters like you do. He has his own uh, catering business and no longer works in the hotels, but taught me to be an executive chef. And it's probably, I don't know, nine months into it, maybe a year, and he had told me he was going to be leaving and would teach me everything he knew. So I took that opportunity, absolutely. Give it all to me, all the numbers, all the inventory, who, who you need to kiss, who you don't need to kiss yes. to help you with these numbers when you don't know all the answers, right? Um, so my controller got, and I got very close because he taught me stuff as, as Chef AJ left. In this time, he says, I can't guarantee you get the exec, exec chef role, uh, but I'm going to get you there as far as I can. The rest is on you. They did, they promoted me to executive chef. So nice. where I started, I got my first executive chef role sweet title. And that was amazing again. Um, it wasn't the shiny new penny anymore, but we were just as busy. Um, gosh, probably another two years or so at Hotel Derek. Many, many amazing cooks and chefs and sous chefs went through there. Um, some to this day still work for me, mm-hmm. which is which is awesome. Well,
0: that's a testament to your leadership, too. That, well, thank you. That they want to stay with somebody that they feel like you can take them where they want to go.
1: Absolutely. I have one. Um, that's been with me about 18 years nice his brother I've known him even longer than that Um, he but he doesn't work for me he's moved up and on Um, when I met them their father got diagnosed with cancer and I've been with them ever since and father still alive to this day with three three types of cancer just an amazing story but I've had their sons work for me uh, their wives work for me their in-laws work for me just amazing so one of them Jose works for me for about 18 years another one about 15 years and so on Um, So after the Hotel Derek, I think I went to the Hilton Garden Inn, and I took a step back in being just a chef. I needed more. I needed to be more of a benefit to the next company I was going to. (coughs) Excuse me. So Chef, uh, not Chef, I'm sorry, General Manager George Addy at uh, the Hilton Garden Inn took, um, I guess rolled the dice on me to be Food and Beverage uh, Manager and Chef for the Hilton Garden Inn. Now I say a step back, it wasn't a step back. It was just as much hard work and all that good stuff, but I wasn't in whites all the time. So I was learning right. in front of the house. Right. Um, that was an amazing experience as, as well. Um, George Addy had so much knowledge and I just soaked it all in. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing because everywhere I've gone since then, I've worn two hats. <laughs> that is a hard role to feel. Yes, it is. It is a hard role to feel, um, but I but I have done that ever, ever since. Um, So after Hilton Garden Inn, at about two and a half years, three year stint, I was with them. I went on to the Hilton Medical Center to be their executive chef and food and beverage director. Mm -hmm. There, I had some amazing experiences. Um, Again, we're going through 20 years, so if you need me to stop, please tell me. Um, I had the chance to feed some of the national rugby teams all over the world, which was some of the funnest groups to feed. Now, they eat nonstop, 24-7 for like... 14 days while they're with you until they compete against the USA. Sure. Um, But these guys and their diet restrictions and their diet needs and how much protein they eat. So those were amazing. Both Ireland and Italy ate with us during this time. Um, That's where I met J.J. Watt because he was coming up there I believe for Ireland. Wow. Uh, So I met J.J. Watt in our um, hotel lobby. Got a picture Mm -hmm. with him and an autograph. Still on my iPad to this day. Screen's (laughs) broken but it's still there. um uh, my husband loved that he's a huge fan i don't know from football but anyways um so i stayed there about another two and a half three years maybe even a little bit longer then went on up over here to hilton clear lake nasa clear lake right and um stayed there again as their chef and food and beverage director wait well, actually i was um food and beverage director for that property but we were out of a chef so many times that i wore both hats because mm-hmm. i could um and that was a great experience as well. Very unique, right here to our local, you know, Clear Lake. Sure. Beautiful hotel, beautiful landscape. It's a wonderful experience with a lot of history in that hotel as well. Exactly, with, exactly. With the dentist that you know ran, yes, yeah, all that good stuff. Um, but that was an awesome experience being closer to home. It doesn't always work out that way for me, and so right. the reason why I'm back in downtown. But um, that. The hilton nasa that was awesome i got to do the, the uh, epicurean evening at mm-hmm. nasa Sp- John- mm-hmm. johnson space center sorry those are uh, amazing experiences uh there at nasa that's where i got to feed um greg abbott and i'm sure several others so i'm going to draw a blank but that was a really that was a highlight also got a photo with him and then now i am where i'm at right now at the hotel icon
0: awesome awesome so because of this journey you've been exposed to a lot of different chefs who have brought a lot of different types of cuisine yes, sir. to your palate, which is your favorite type of cuisine to do and why?
1: You know, this is a question that is very hard for me to answer because I don't typically, I don't I don't really have a favorite. There are things I love to do more than others, but it's not necessarily cuisine. I love to keep, cook seafood, mm-hmm. but I won't touch it. I don't eat any of it, and uh, like my husband asked me years ago. He doesn't ask me anymore because he knows now. But he asked me years ago, "How do you, how do you know it's good? Well, you're eating it, aren't you?" And it's amazing. Well, I don't I just do a lot of it comes from smell because I, yes. I, I don't eat certain food. Um, just smell, touch, Right. Um. So I loved cook seafood, Cajun food, mm-hmm. amazing as mm-hmm. well. Um, Middle Eastern, Mediterranean. All of those were really good because I had some great chefs that helped me. Um, Lebanese, where uh, my general manager, George Addy, taught me at the Hilton Garden Inn. So many different, mm-hmm. you know, kebabs and all this, kibby and all these things that I'd never even seen before. Right. Uh, but he was very hands-on with me, so taught me a lot about his culture. So I, I love to dabble in what I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite. Um, probably would just say Cajun.
0: That's not a bad one to be hanging Even though I
1: don't cook it much.
0: Right, right. (laughs) But I love the spiciness, I guess. Well, you know, especially in this part of the country, because we've got Mardi Gras for two weeks down in Galveston, and because we had such an influx of people after Katrina hit uh, that moved this direction, Cajun food, stopped being just something a few places did and became a major cuisine here in the in the general Houston metro Actually. area and it very quickly started to separate the good places from the okay places sure did. and and a bunch of people just couldn't hang anymore so it was it was really fun you know I traveled Louisiana in my sales career i had the opportunity to spend a lot of time in new orleans uh got to eat at some amazing places and all of those flavors that they blend together Mm. over there uh are it's just magical that's that's the only word i've got for it is it's just magical to think that the classic french mirepoix uh, could be changed out take the carrots out put the bell peppers in Mm -hmm. and the flavor (laughs) changes so drastically absolutely but marries so perfectly to the spices that they're using and the types of proteins because they are using a lot of seafoods Mm -hmm. because we're right there fresh out of literally fresh out of the gulf of course of course so um how many team members are you overseeing at hotel icon
1: over 40 um, and that's because, again, I have the food and beverage director hat over there as well. Right. So all of my banquet staff, service staff, bartender staff, wait staff, runners, busters all of that is mine as well. All of my little babies, one big happy family. <laughs> and my kitchen staff is quite small, though.
0: Okay. So you're operating breakfast and dinner, or are you doing lunch also? Lunch as well. Lunch as well.
1: Yes, lunch as well, and then catering. So this weekend for instance we have a we had a wedding we had a gala and we had an event at the rodeo. Oh wow. Saturday and Sunday so. Wow. Yes,
0: so sir. so it's not all in-house type no, thing. Some we go of off, it goes off yes. off campus. Yes,
1: we're invited to a lot of competitions and or just things in the community that we like to participate in. We've done the Houston zoo gala, mm-hmm. um, downtown district does a lot during the holidays and we participate in all that, which is quite nice. We just open our doors from our restaurant, put a DJ out there in a food booth and we're good to go. Um, cause you'd be surprised how many people don't know where hotel icon is or that it even exists. You know, the building itself is quite deceiving.
0: So. Right. Right. So be- because Houston is Houston and, I realize Austin may be the capital of the state, but right. Houston is the economic hub of yes, the state uh, because not only do we have oil and gas industry That's here right. that drive so much of the economy, but Houston was smart enough after the, the 80s debacle with the oil industry to begin to diversify itself and get into some of the, the tech jobs and, and things like that and built some amazing companies here. Right that if we see another major hiccup in the oil and gas industry like we did in the 80s, it's not gonna destroy this city like it did the no, last time. No, not
1: at all. And then you have the whole medical center, which is it, exactly, huge and exactly, wonderful. Exactly, yeah, There's just so much we can live on. That, of. that
0: is world-class technology uh, over there. But we see a lot of major people come through this town and you mentioned earlier that you had the opportunity to feed governor abbott um because hotel icon is hotel icon and and whatnot tell us a little bit about that particular evening what you fixed the governor um was it something that he requested was it something that you got to create on your own
1: well most menus i get to create on my own um Greg Abbott himself didn't have anything particular, um, but they picked, it was a campaigning party on his trail, Mm -hmm. and um, they had two choices. They had a a simple filet, and then they had the salmon. He ate the salmon that night. Um, All of my seafood comes in fresh, even if it is salmon. I know we don't grow salmon around here, but uh, we get all the seafood in fresh. At any hotel I'm at, I think that is just a must. And he had the salmon that night. I don't know that we didn't talk food, um, so I'm, I'm sure I would have heard about it if he didn't like it, mm-hmm. um, but we uh, did a Caribbean salmon. Nice, uh, yes, With a nice. pineapple glaze, um, something simple, but salmon is a good for the masses type fish. <clears throat> yes,
0: yes. You know, part of the, that traveling that I used to do used to take me up into Seattle and Portland and, and all that area, and I got so spoiled to the amazing cold water Alaskan salmon right. that was up there that I can't, I, I sit and look at the menu now and I, and I send a note back to the kitchen going, okay, where did the salmon come from? If it's Atlantic <laughs> salmon, I'll pick something else. Right. If it's Alaskan salmon, we, we can have dinner tonight. <laughs> I've become a real salmon snob. So well, that's all right, you know yeah. what you like. <laughs> yeah, um, now, because of the number of parties that you've been able to do at all your locations, yes, there's got to be a couple that just stand out in your mind. that They were just so fun because everything, you were in the zone that night. Right. Everything fell into place perfectly. Is there one in particular that just really stands out and said, this is the most favorite night that I've ever had in the kitchen?
1: Mm. goodness i would have to say cooking for these rugby teams Mm -hmm. um it was two different ones so it wasn't just one night but that whole spurt cooking for those rugby teams because it's all hands on deck it's a lot of food being pumped out 24 hours literally for about 14 days wow so you have a lot of manpower there you have a lot of tired chefs yes Um, you have a lot of hungry men because that's what a rugby team is um but it's so fun because you get to be creative with them you know, they're coming from, two of them, Ireland and Italy. So they're not used to the way us Texans eat right? or cook. So they were amazed when I brought out a huge steamship of beef. Yes. And the pictures I have of these guys with their mouths wide open <laughs> trying to take a hunk out of it. It was just amazing. But, you know, when, when you'd get in the elevator with them and they'd say, Mama, Chef, thank you. Those are amazing times. Yes, you know, yes. When you're sitting there and you're carving a steamship or a salmon or for these guys and they're, they're you know that they're eating your food to do their job, Yeah, those are amazing yeah. experiences. And it was amazing for my team as well because the high fives and the woes and the, you know, some language barriers, obviously, they're Italy and Ireland and we're Texas, so we've got a melting pot here. Um, but when it comes to food, it's all the same language, right? right. This is amazing. Um, you know, they had after parties after they unfortunately beat the USA, both teams, um, which I got to watch. And I would, you know, which was a cool experience. So they gave me tickets and I got to go watch these games and I would be yelling. Of course, I'm from Texas. You know, I live in the USA, but I'm right. rooting for the other team because <laughs> I just fed them for two weeks exactly. straight. I know, and they'd I look know up and wave. They'd look up and wave and I'm like, yeah, Mama Chef's right here, you know. Um, so that was really cool. I think that was probably the most fun, the most camaraderie, the most joyful experience Um because everything was happy about it. You right. know, weddings are wonderful and all that, but everything's got to be perfect. Exactly. And I have some wonderful wedding experiences with unique cultures that were jaw-dropping to me. I didn't know this was going on in my ballroom. You know, um, some holiday seasons back 20 years ago when they were so, so busy, every ballroom filled and your restaurant filled, and even your employee lounge was filled with a, with a banquet going on because right. you ran out of space. Um, those kind of busy just... Oh, my goodness, there's not enough time in the day. It's not enough water in the cooler or Red Bull in the cooler right. to get you through. Those are the best experiences. It builds a great team. Yeah. builds a great team. Um, it also builds a lot of uh, confidence, I think, as well. Because if you can pull these massive events off you know, with no sleep and little to no time, then that's great. You won, right?
0: I, I remember when I was going through school, uh, the first job I had— I literally fell into, uh, I was made kitchen manager uh, at Joe's barbecue okay. over in Alvin, mm-hmm. but he had a banquet center next door right. that he was going to start doing breakfast. So when I interviewed with him, um, we talked for the longest time and, and he kept asking questions about what I did in my sales career. Sure. And he finally says, okay, so do you want the job or not? And I said, sir, you do understand. I have not finished school. And he goes, yeah, but you've got 20 years of management experience. There you go. I can teach you how to cook the things that I want you to cook. Absolutely. I can't teach you how to make a schedule and run That's a true. crew. That's true. That's <laughs> so, true to be so, a good manager. Yeah. You know, I, I, I dumb lucked into my first one. But the things that I learned because I was running 70, 80 hour weeks mm-hmm. on the norm <laughs> and you know yes. then there were weeks that we were running hundred hour weeks Absolutely. when when class wasn't going on But I was running 70 and hour 70 and 80 hour weeks and carrying a full load mm-hmm. at school. So I was sleeping for two hours in between right. shifts. And and before I started goodness. class, and then I'd sleep for three hours in the evening. <laughs> oh my goodness! When I That's got a home busy before, schedule. <laughs> you know, but it, it was baptism by fire, right? And, Best way to learn, I think. And you know, you know, we were talking about Chef Bartosh earlier. There were days I would walk into class, and he would take one look at me, and he would he would read me instantly to know he's fried.
1: He's gone. <laughs>
0: But there were days that he would give me the recipe that said, boil water.
1: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: there were other days that he gave me the most complex recipe that he had in the book that day, just to see how far I would push. Yeah. And he knew I would probably not get it right, but he just wanted to see if I would push through it. Right, right. So, you know, that combination of stuff, I do understand what you're talking about with the enormous hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, that go into it because this is something you've got to love you've you gotta, have to you've got to have a passion for it now absolutely you know the fact that you've done the whole front of the house thing too my hat's off to you because <laughs> that's a mystery to me i bust tables a couple of times just because we were short <laughs> right? uh on thing and i went i don't ever want to be out front i'm I, I very happy i'm very happy in the back
1: <laughs> it's rough up front but most of the time, even when I have to go up front, I'm in my whites mm-hmm. or blacks, depending on what jacket I'm wearing. People love to see the chef. Oh, sure. Now, I lo- love I admit I love to chef. walk around
0: and talk and to everybody.
1: It, you know, I have, I have regulars that come. Mrs. Barbara comes every single day for lunch, Monday through Friday, her and her group from Harris County Courthouse. They're amazing, right? You know, and... Gentlemen that come in every single day for breakfast when they're there and they Mm -hmm. know you by name and where's the chef at? And They see you walk by and they're yelling at you or waving and so that's awesome. That's awesome. But managing the front I'm glad I have other people that do that (laughs) Yes, you know regularly and I kind of just spot check because that it it, it is it is more difficult It's more challenging up front. Um, I had one general manager that told me one time. Well Being a chef is easy and I said, excuse me and I was taken back. She said it's easy for you Mm now, get your butt back over there in a suit and get in the front where it's not easy and challenge yourself. Right? Yeah. So, uh-huh. did, I, did I dive in head first with that? Not, not totally. I didn't totally immerse myself. Right. But I knew what she was saying. Yes, being a chef comes more natural to me than right. going up in the front. So I have to push myself to get out of my comfort zone, to learn more. Right. Right.
0: So, we just finished this past weekend Mardi Gras down here in Galveston. But we've got a couple other big of big holidays coming up. St. Right. Patrick's Day is just around the corner. Of course, Easter is just around yes, the corner. Yes. What does Hotel Icon have special that you're working on for, for holidays coming up?
1: So Easter, we do a brunch. Um, I know one year we had the big bunny suit out. I think we did an Easter egg hunt. So the brunch is really good. Um, I'd like to even get it bigger every year because mm-hmm. we have so many lofts around us. And I know those families are going somewhere. I need to bring them to Hotel Icon. But the brunch is really nice. We put out beautiful, you know, just sculpted salmon with, you know, the cucumber scales and just wonderful, amazing foods, action, live action stations and Bloody Mary buffets that are ridiculous, nice, right? That nice. you build your own. And so Easter is a great one. Um, St. Patrick's Day typically there's not a big hoopla around it but we always do the green beer and we always do the corned beef hash or or the corned beef sandwich or whatever that's going to be for a special as well um i don't know what day does it land on this year i'm not even sure so that's going to depend on Um, how big it's going to be for us for saint patrick's day
0: yeah i I just know it's march 17th
1: (laughs) (laughs) we do specials around all the holidays if we're not going to do a big brunch valentine's day was huge for us uh Crazy huge. Didn't even get out of there till like 1130 at night. Um, so because of the hotel icon being a romantic kind of destination hotel, not kind of it is, um, all the birds and stuff for their right. anniversaries, for their birthdays, for their um, weddings, and then Valentine's Day just make those kind of holidays even bigger for
0: us. St. Patrick's falls on a Tuesday this year, by, Tuesday, by the way. Tuesday,
1: so it probably won't be too big it won't, for won't us. Won't be too crazy. No,
0: sir. For you. Um, now, one, one of the questions that I love to, to ask my guests as they come through, you know, we've got listeners that are at varying stages and varying levels sure. of what they like to do. What is just one tip you could share to pe- for people that would help them elevate their game in the kitchen?
1: Elevate their game. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in yourself. Push and drive yourself. I love Nobody's going to do it for
0: you. I love that.
1: Get behind don't, yourself. Don't be afraid to, to.
0: Don't be afraid to challenge yourself Absolutely. with the recipe.
1: Absolutely. Open your mouth when you know something. You know, right? E- even if you stick your foot in like I did, you freeze. I didn't. I didn't die. I'm still here. You know, made a name out of that darn sorbet. Do those kind of <laughs> yeah. things. Reach, reach for more. I mean, if if you don't you're always going to be in the background right
0: you yeah. know i know because of your schedule you probably don't have a whole lot of time to to take in tv stuff but do you spend any time with the food network or the cooking channel or any of those i probably get slapped shows? for it
1: but no i do not my husband watches enough of it for for me and everybody else in this world i think because he thinks he's a chef he's amazing right <laughs> um, he watches all that stuff. So i used to i used to um when I come home, I really want to dumb it down with some sitcoms. So right. I, I kind of just sit on the couch and watch King of Queens and stuff like that. So I'm not watching the cooking shows. I have cookbooks at so, the wazoo. So when,
0: when you were watching, who who were a couple of the chefs that, that you loved their shows?
1: Oh, goodness. Anthony Bourdain was my favorite. Yes, because um, he, de- he
0: dove so deep oh, into...
1: My favorite. And, um, you know, his book, Kitchen Confidential, mm-hmm. really turned... Um, I don't even know about turn, but really inspired me to 100% become this chef that my career already said I was, right? That book inspired me, and I don't know where that book is now. I signed it and passed it on to the next upcoming chef, Um, but he just wasn't afraid. Right. Wasn't afraid, one, to be a chef because we are a unique breed. Uh, if anybody knows a chef or sorry, my husband is married to one. We're a unique breed of, of people for one. Um, it takes a unique character to be a chef, right? And he wasn't afraid of that. You know, Anthony Bourdain, I think inspired many, many people. And I know that's kind of cliche, you, you know, and rest in peace. I know his passing, um, but he inspired so many. I yes. was one of those. Yes. I was one of those. I
0: remember reading that book and there were so many things I took out of that. Yes. Book, but, I couldn't put it down. Yeah, you what? Know, one of them that, stuck with me that I still laugh about today is your kitchen is made up of prisoners and pirates. <laughs>
1: I said we were a unique <laughs> and I meant it. <laughs>
0: and, and I often look in the mirror and go, okay, so are you feeling like a pirate today? <laughs> prisoner or pirate? Which are, one are you? Are you just going to be a prisoner?
1: <laughs> it's absolutely.
0: But, uh, you know, he meant a lot to me. So I'm glad we've got that in common. Uh, Alton Brown means a lot to yes, me because so much knowledge. he was he was an educator. Absolutely, I mean I, I loved Emerald when he was doing Emerald Live, but you know, but I love what Alton does because he teaches, teaches. about the food that that you're doing there. Absolutely,
1: so. never stopped learning with with him. That was a good one. You're absolutely right about that. And in my, early in my career, Emerald, like you mentioned, I did watch a lot of Emerald. Yeah. Now earlier in my career. I probably did watch a lot more Food Network than I do now, yes, right? Yes. Um, timing probably for one, and I was younger then and stayed up later and all those good things. Um, but there were some greats, and I'm sure there still are some greats out there. I just don't watch it as much anymore. About the
0: only thing I watch regularly anymore is the, the Beat Bobby Flay thing because I just love to see people bring their A game to right. try and take him down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm amazed he always seems to rise to the occasion. It's like, dude, you're just amazing. Yeah, he's yeah. been around Food Network for many years. He, <laughs> he, was, amazing he was back chef. in the very beginning. Yes, so. he was. So let's talk a little bit about Hotel Icon and sure. the parties that you do. If somebody wants to book a party, book an event. Absolutely. How do they go about it? Do they call you first? Who, who do they call first? And well, then when do you get involved?
1: When they book an event, they're going to go through our sales department. We have a wonderful sales department. Depending on what kind of event it is, if it's a wedding, you're going to, you're going to ask for Kia mm-hmm. um, or Ray. Um, Mallory does a lot of the wedding blocks in the corporate business, and you have Nadia with the rooms. And then Jeff, our director of sales, amazing, amazing sales team. Um, they're keeping me busy, and that's great. Um, they're going to call them first. And depending on what kind of event it is, then our sales team, which is majority ladies, will come to me if there's special menus or a budget or if they want something ethnic or whatever that looks like, they're going to come to me. And this is, this is their budget, right? Can we put something together? Otherwise, we have hundreds and hundreds of pages of, of catering menus that we put out okay. about every two years, um, tweaking them in between, but roll out about every two years. And so they can pick from your standards, you know, and pick and choose and make those their own. Um, otherwise I can custom and we do a lot of customs just depends on what kind of event it is and um, you know what it entails a lot of special requests something like that Sure. Uh, sure. then they're going to come to a tasting uh, like especially our brides they're going to come to a tasting with with us where they're going to taste and choose everything on their menu for that night take pictures of it meet the chef I come out I introduce myself talk about the food that they're going to eat talk about the food that they ate in the courses before Questions, concerns, Um, you know, we can tweak things to their taste. So they're going to see me even long before their event. Um, And then again, they're going to finish up with sales department. And when their event comes, I'm there on deck. You know, I'm there for every wedding. Um, And, you know, I think it gives our our bride and grooms peace of mind, Mm -hmm. you know, to know you're there from start to finish with them. You care about them. And so that's amazing. Our sales team is there on these events as well. Uh, So they're going to start with my sales team. They'll end up speaking with me and seeing me. Um, but that'd be a wonderful place to start. Just call the hotel icon and ask for the sales team.
0: Cool, very good. Now, one of the things that the TV shows have, I think, messed up. Let's let's take a show like Hell's Kitchen for example. Okay. You see Chef Ramsay, and he is basically always at the pass. <laughs> he's he's never on the line, right. Doing anything. And it, I'm, I'm afraid, it's giving a lot of people the wrong impression that the person who has the title of chef, right, never actually cooks anymore.
1: Oh gosh, it couldn't be more
0: wrong. <laughs> I, I know, I know in <laughs> my me. case, in my case, you too. Know, you know, probably ninety percent of the yep. food that goes out the window, uh, I've had my hands on it at some point, right, uh, in the process there. What is it like in, in your operation now? How much of it are you uh, just garnishing and sending out the window and how much of it are you actually in deeply involved with the preparation? Right. of?
1: Well, there's so much more to being um, a hotel chef than expediting or cooking. There's so much other, I would love to be on the line 99% of my time, yeah. but I'm about a 50 50 because I am a working chef. I still get on that line um, especially at shift change when you're down one man, right? That's right. when I'm on that line. Otherwise, I'm expediting. I'm watching it as it goes out. i'm I'm reviewing new recipes with my chefs for their next day breakfast and um, preparing for new menu changes. We just had three new rollouts. Um, so all those changes, making sure it's executed the same every time. You know, when that shift change change comes, that's when I light up. Because then I get to go back there and I get to play. You get to go play, yeah. I get to go back there and play. And my culinary team love that I'm a working chef, not because I'm doing the work, but because I can be right there with them in the trenches and keep Mm -hmm. up with them and not not, um, hinder them in any way. I'm more of a help and it's thank you, chef, you know, those kind of things. When they know I'm their second man, they're good. Yeah. Just like I know when they're my second man, I'm good.
0: Right, right. How much of your menu is um, driven by seasonal availability?
1: Not much because we live in Texas. Um, so that's a wonderful about. That's a wonderful thing about location, location, location. Right? We, I can get fresh seafood year-round. I can get mm-hmm. fresh produce year-round. Um, I have vendors for cheese, the most amazing cheeses you can think of, two days out. So. I had um, a food, corporate food and beverage ask me that one time about tomatoes. And because of where he was located out of, theirs needs to be more seasonal. And, and I thought, this has got to be... This is a stupid question. And I, I took a step back and had to think, well, maybe it's not. If, if you're in a different region, maybe tomatoes aren't year-round for me. I can get anything I want right here in Texas. Exactly. So I can create my menus however I wish, basically. Um, but there are certain menus that I make separately for separate seasons just if we're going to do it just for that season right right, right. um oh yeah that's there, just kind of maybe, there, there are certain things in the right. fall
0: that I expect exactly, to exactly. Eat that I don't eat most of the rest of the time absolutely of
1: the year. and it would be silly for me to keep them on the menu you know full time
0: <laughs> okay um well yeah I've got a couple more things that I want to bounce off of you real quick because okay. we're running low on time here but February, uh, the last Thursday, I believe it is in February, let me look at my note here, the 27th, uh, that is National Chili Day.
1: Awesome. (laughs) We
0: we have an age-old question around the studio here about Texas chili. And do beans go in the chili or are the beans served on the side?
1: In our Texas chili at my restaurant, Mm -hmm. they're in it. There, but it. they're black beans. Ah, okay. So we have a twist to ours. Nothing is regular where we are at. I would say most people say without, but in the one I have on my my recipe in my kitchen is with black beans.
0: Very good, very good. Chef Laura, thank you for joining me around the table today. Uh, remind us again where Hotel Icon is located.
1: Downtown Houston. The address is 220 Main Street, uh, right down the street from U of H downtown and several blocks from Minute
0: Maid. Great. And this was relatively painless.
1: Oh, absolutely. This was amazing. It's a <laughs> lot of fun. I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun.
0: Well, before we go, I'd like to say thank you uh, for being my guest today. For those of you who've tuned in today, thank you for joining me around the table. For all of my Norwegian family out there, here's a great big Hilsen Fry, Texas. For you guys and for all of my lone survivor family uh, and friends, I'll be with you guys this week down in Crystal Beach. Y'all travel safe getting in down there. Mama Chef and Papa Chef are always going to have your six. And if you want to continue the conversation, I invite you to follow me on Facebook. You can either find my personal page, Pat Mayberry, or the Pots, Pans, and Pat page, Uh, either one. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.